Man, crazy. Well, hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to the Lord's house tonight as we gather again to celebrate his grace and goodness. Uh, it is the season of Lent, and so we are at this time where we reflect and remember, uh, as we said on Ash Wednesday, that we are dust, and to dust we shall return. But we also remember that God loves us anyway, doesn't he? And sent his son Jesus to die and to turn that dust back into life again for eternity. So we're here to, to remember and to give thanks to God. So it's good to see you here. Uh, tonight we're talking through um, God's gift of faith. 
And in the season of Lent, it's good to just remind ourselves, what is faith? What is faith not? And how does God want to give us the gift of faith and that we can use it in our lives? So we'll be looking at Jesus when he calms the storm. That's our gospel lesson, just some good teaching time. So there's an outline uh, that I hope you got when you came in that we'll use as we work through the word together. Uh, since it is the season of Lent, remember we have Lenten suppers on Wednesdays at Faith Lutheran Church at the Faith Site uh, where you can um, come before worship at 6.30 on Wednesday. So if you wanna join us for supper, please sign up online so that we can make sure we have enough food there. And then don't forget we have Lenten worship services on Tuesdays at 11 o'clock and Wednesdays at 6.30. We'd love for you to join us for that. Uh, what a celebration we had last weekend. Wasn't it something, everybody? Our 75th anniversary uh, was just a great uh, time to give God thanks for 75 years, for all of us to be together at one place. How cool was that? Really, really special. Uh, if you didn't see, there's a big old birthday cake on a, a stand out there of some of the some of the words that you all wrote about what you love about faith or sharing memories of faith uh, on your way out. If you want to just stop it, look at some of those. Some of them are pretty good. Uh, some, I love what little kids will say. Well, I'm assuming it's little kids. Um, but anyway, there's just some really great comments there about Faith Church in the years past. And so we're celebrating that. We're also rejoicing in our capital campaign that almost two and a half million dollars was pledged for the next 75 years in the future. So we're excited about that uh, as well. And very grateful for those of you who were able to make that commitment. Just wanted to let you know, if you're giving towards the capital campaign with, an, um, with a check and not doing online, there are the blue envelopes that we're asking you to use that are different than your normal envelopes. And so if you're like giving monthly, you wanna just grab 12 of these on the way out, uh, they're on the table out there in the commons area. So please use these blue envelopes for your campaign gifts in the next three years if that's the way you chose to pledge so that we can make sure we keep those things straight. Uh, then I also wanna let you know because of the great gift that we received, uh, that two and a half million dollars, we have a voters meeting on March 10th to officially decide how we're gonna use that. So you all get to choose and pick what the dollars will be used for. Uh, we've got some suggestions, of course, that you've already seen uh, for those dollars, but you get to make that decision official. March 10th at noon, that's a Sunday. Uh, if you wanna join us for that, that would be great. Uh, I'm voting for a pastor hot tub, just in case. <laughs> I don't know if that'll pass or not, but I'm throwing it out there. Um, but anyway, really serious, uh, how we use those gifts, um, that's a church decision. We'd love for you to be a part of that and just already start getting excited about what that will enable us to do. And then finally, this is the last weekend for Faith Apparel. If you wanna buy some shirts uh, or some hats or some, even if you want some water tumblers, uh, water uh, glasses, whatever, you can get those online. Uh, that's the, this is the last weekend for you to get that before we close off the sales on that. All right, all that being said, it's time to worship our amazing God. You guys ready to worship and praise God? All right, let's stand as we begin with that song called Praise. All right. So, for those of you who know me, I am music teacher, classically trained. So we're gonna do a little music teacher moment here. We're gonna lift this up and praise God with our voices. He says make a joyful noise, doesn't have to be pretty. So if we can go to the next slide with our first couple words here. Here we go. So we're gonna do a little back and forth to uh, learn this first part of the song that we haven't had a chance to do yet here in worship. So I'm gonna say a line and you're gonna say it right back. And that's the way we're gonna do it in the song too. So that makes it real easy, all right? So 
Here's how it goes. Let everything, let everything that has breath, that has breath, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. One more. Let everything, let everything that has breath, that has breath, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I think they got it. All right. Let's go back to the beginning there. If we can click back and we're going to, we're going to throw a little beat on this, get a little funky with this.
Amen. Give the Lord some praise for that one. Amen. So now we're going to have a little time of fellowship. So feel free to make your way around the room. Greet everyone in God's peace and God's praise. And then you can make your way back to your seats for uh, preparation for confession. All right, and at this time, if you'd like to take a seat, you are welcome to do so in a posture of confession. We're gonna use this beautiful song, um, Lead Me to the Cross, as we come forward to the Lord to lay our confessions and our sins at his feet.
saying that and prayed in this song that Jesus would lead us to the cross. So let's come to the cross with our confession. We come together now in a time of confession, asking for forgiveness at the foot of the cross. We cannot cleanse ourselves from our sin. Only the blood of Jesus can wash us white as snow. So before we collectively confess our sins and ask for God's forgiveness, let us first take a moment to think, to pray about the ways that our faith has faltered. And now together we pray, Abba, Father, we confess that we are sinful and unclean. We have not loved you with our whole heart, and we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have cowered in fear during the storms of life, forgetting that in all things you are with us. Father, forgive us. Help us to have faith in you that you never let us walk alone. You are with us in the valleys and on the mountaintops. May we give all glory to you, both in the trials and the blessings this life brings, that others may see and come to know you. Amen. Well, it's my joy as one of your pastors to remind you that God loves you so very much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for your sins. It's um, all that Christ has done for you that gives you hope, hope for this life and hope of the life to come. So know now that you are loved, know that you are forgiven in the name of Jesus, your amazing Lord and Savior. Amen. Yeah. 
Kids, I have a special message for you, and you're going to want to know what's in this box. Come on up. Come on, don't be shy. You can come sit with me. Thank you. Oh, hi, everybody. 
Thanks for coming up, and I get to talk to you today about a special word. Today's word is faith. Have you heard the word faith before? Faith. Do you know what the Bible tells us that faith is? In the book of Hebrews, the Bible says faith is believing in things we cannot see. So I want to talk about that, about believing in things that we can't see. Like um, this box, you don't know what's in this box, do you? You might think it's empty. You might think it has some things in it. But how would you know? What if I told you that there was a whole lot of candy in this box? Would you believe me? Some of you would maybe believe me. Some of you would hope it's true, right? Right? How would you know? I mean... You would have to trust me, wouldn't you? If to, to know if it was really true, if I told you that there was candy in here, you can't see it, but do you think it's there? I don't know. How would you know? You have to trust the person that tells you, don't you? And that's what faith is. Faith is trusting the things that you can't see, trusting what someone tells you, even though you can't see it. So... Like if a total stranger, someone that you had never met before, told you that there was candy in this box, you might not trust him because you don't know him, right? But what if your parents, what if your mom or dad said there was candy in this box? Would you believe it? Yeah, because you know them, right? And you know they love you and you know they wouldn't lie to you or trick you. See, so faith is easy when you know the person who makes the promise, Right? When you know the person that makes the promise, faith is easy. It's hard when you don't know the person. Now, in the Bible, God makes a whole lot of promises, doesn't he? God promises that he loves you. God promises that Jesus died to forgive your sins. God promises that he'll be with you all of your life, no matter what you're going through, if it's a good day or a bad day, an easy day or a hard day. God makes a lot of promises, and how do you know if they're going to come true? How do you know? You have to believe by faith, don't you? And you see, because you know God, and you know he loves you, and you know he'd never lie to you, and you know he'd never trick you, it's easy to believe the promises by faith that God makes. They're all true, because God is the one who makes them. So faith is believing and trusting the things that we can't see. So Go back to my box. How many of you really think that there's candy in this box? Do you believe me and trust that there is? Do you trust me by faith? No. You don't? <laughs> That's because you don't know me so well, do you? I wouldn't lie or I wouldn't trick you. So what do you think? Take a look. What's in here? Holy smokes, look at all that candy in there. Can we have Yes, you may. You can each take one piece of candy. Well, your brother better, you better take one for your brother too. That's very nice of you. There you are. Just one, one per person, please. There you go. Thank you. Remember, believe by faith. Thank you. There you go. Oh, you want one? That one's better? Good job.
All right, my friends, let's turn now to the sure promises of God that we can believe by faith. First of all, from Job chapter 9, Job lays out this beautiful section of scripture here of why we can trust God. There's reasons that we can believe and trust God, and Job gives us some here in the ninth chapter. He said, Indeed, I know that this is true, but how can a mortal be righteous before God? Though one wished to dispute with him, he could not answer him one time out of a thousand. His wisdom is profound. His power is vast. Who has resisted him and come out unscathed? He moves mountains without their knowing it and overturns them in his anger. He shakes the earth from its place and makes its pillars tremble. He speaks to the sun and it does not shine. He seals off the light of the stars. He alone stretches out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. He is the maker of the bear and Orion, the Pleiades and the constellations of the south. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. When he passes me, I cannot see him. When he goes by, I cannot perceive him. If he snatches away, who can stop him? Who can say to him, what are you doing? And this is the word of the Lord and the reason we can trust him. Now, in the gospel lesson from Mark chapter 4, Jesus also teaches us a little bit about faith. Since these are his words, let's rise in honor to him. Now, that day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. Now a furious squall came up and the, wa the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. And this is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Oh, grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus, the crucified Christ. Amen. Now would be a good time to pull out your sermon outline if you want to follow along as we Talk about these words of Jesus. You see the title there are his words. Do you still have no faith? We want to ponder that together. And uh, I did something a little different in the outline you'll see than usual. I don't have my usual like three points with ABC under it. Or as my wife always dreads, maybe there's five or six points. That means we're never getting out of here. But today I want to look at like sort of two reflections as we sort of ponder the gospel lesson uh, uh, this together this, this afternoon, this evening. And, uh, you know, usually when we look at this section of scripture, we talk about the miraculous power of Jesus. And that is truly something, isn't it? I mean, 
I can't blame the disciples at all for saying, who is this man that he even commands the wind and the waves? The power of God is certainly displayed in Jesus with just a few words to calm the storm, right? But there's a whole lot more meat to this section of scripture than just Jesus showing his power to the disciples and to us. There's also a whole lot that we can learn about faith and what it means to be faithful and what it means to not fear. So let's look at that together. You know, I, I, I just read it to you. You see it on the top. I'm not gonna read it again from, from Mark chapter four, but we'll unpack it a little bit. So the first reflection is this question. What is faith? You heard me talk to the little ones already about the definition of faith from Hebrews. Here it is. I printed it in your outline. It says, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So faith is this belief that things exist even if we can't see it. Uh, you do know this, right? You don't have to see something in order for it to be real. Faith believes that it's true even though we can't see it. That's the definition of faith. Or look what Martin Luther said about faith in this quote underneath that. He said, faith is a living, bold trust in God's grace, so certain of God's favor that it would risk death a thousand times trusting in it. Such confidence and knowledge of God's grace makes you happy, joyful, and bold in your relationship to God and all creatures. Sounds like a Luther quote, doesn't it? You know, just a powerful strength that comes from faith. Faith that is so important and clings to God that it would give anything, right, in order to have that trust and confidence. So faith is the, be able, the ability to believe and trust the promises of God even though we can't see it. Well, let's talk then about what faith is not. I put that in your outline too. First, I have a little trivia question for you. Who is it that said, I believe, I believe. It's silly, but I believe. Anybody know this? If you know this, I'll be sorely impressed. Someone wanna guess? It's from a movie that was made in 1947. Miracle on 34th Street. Mike, I knew you would get that. Of all the people here, I knew it would be you. It was little Susan on Miracle 34th Street who said, I believe, I believe. It's silly, but I believe. That's what some people think faith is. That faith is just a, a silly trust that there is no sort of rationale or reason why. It's a silly thing. Some people would say faith is blind. Faith is not blind. There is no such thing as blind faith as if Christians are to walk around with their eyes closed. God gave us a brain, and God gave us evidence for what we believe, and the promises that he made are based and grounded not on a hope or a wish, but they're grounded in the character of God and the promises that he makes and how he has evidenced that for us in his faithfulness through the years. Right? So it's not blind faith. Faith is never just trusting for no reason. Right? Also, faith is not belief without evidence. Anyone know Richard Dawkins, a famous atheist who did a lot of writing uh, about um, the foolishness of Christianity? Here's what he said about faith He said, Faith is the great cop out, 
the great excuse to evade the need to think and evaluate evidence. Faith is believing in spite of, even perhaps because of the lack of evidence. See, that's what someone who doesn't know God would say. That's someone who doesn't believe and trust that God is faithful in accomplishing his promises would say, right? To that person, faith is just wishful thinking. But to us, it's, it's, it's not belief without evidence, but we have abundant evidence for what we believe. Archaeological evidence, historical evidence, that witness and testimony of the saints. But even most and all most important of all is the witness of Jesus himself, God who came into the world in the flesh so that we could see and hear what God's will and what God was like in his character so that we could see Jesus stand in the bow of that boat and say, quiet, be still, and the wind and waves would calm down. We have evidence for what we believe, don't you see? We don't have blind faith and we just don't believe with no evidence whatsoever. If you flip the outline, there's one more thing faith is not. Faith is not a leap. You've heard like take a leap of faith, right? It was Soren Kierkegaard, the 19th century philosopher who coined this phrase, take a leap of faith. Sort of summarizing how he put this, you know, what he believed faith was like. It was, he said like faith is like closing your eyes and jumping out of a plane. Maybe Jesus will show up and give you a parachute or maybe not. That was faith to him. It's like a, a coin flip, a 50-50 chance if something happens or, or doesn't, a random. See, faith is not a leap of faith either. It's not blind. It's not without evidence. It's not a leap. Faith is believing and trusting in the one who makes the promise, God. Do you get it? Right, so that's the beauty of faith. So now take all of that that we've just talked about and let's apply it to the, the second reflection. What's going on here in the boat? The disciples wake Jesus up when the, there's this terrible storm and the wind and the waves are blowing, the waves are crashing into the boat. They literally think they're gonna drown. And they wake him up and what do they shout? I wrote it for you, right? Why, they shout, no, I didn't write it there. They shouted out, Jesus, don't you care if we drown? And Jesus sort of calms the storm, and then he has this phrase. I don't know about you, but it just makes me get thinking. Jesus said, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? I don't know, that sounds a little harsh to me. I mean, is Jesus saying that when life comes crashing in and you think you're gonna, your boat's gonna capsize and you're gonna drown, is he saying that you shouldn't be afraid? As you march through this broken world where bad things happen, where, where people suffer, where, where there's um, emotional hurt and physical hurt and relational hurt and economic hurt that we all face in our lives, is it wrong to be afraid? Is that what Jesus is saying? I don't think so. I really don't, but sometimes we hear that, right? Look at this. Jesus says, uh, it's not a mistake to be afraid of the wind and the waves, but it's a mistake to question and doubt if he cares for us in the wind and the waves, right? What Jesus is saying to them is not, are you not afraid of the boat or the waves? He's saying, why are you questioning whether I care about you? Why are you questioning whether or not I'm gonna be with you in all things? Why are you questioning my love for you? Remember they said, don't you care, Jesus, if we drown? That's where their lack of faith, faith was showing. 
That's where their fear was showing. And so Jesus challenges them to think about that, right? To have faith that in the midst of the waves and the wind, that we can believe that he is with us and that he does care about us and that he will help us through. Do you see the difference? What Jesus is saying, right? Don't doubt my love for you. Don't ever be afraid to think that I'm with you because I will be. So he challenges them. Don't you care if I drown? And he challenges us. So have you ever noticed in life, as I wrote here, so often Jesus gets us through the wind in the waves instead of removing the wind in the waves. Just kind of the way he works in our lives. You know, um, what is it? Psalm 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. That's the promise. Jesus does care about us. Jesus is with us in the wind and the waves. He will enable us to move through the hard and difficult, challenging things of life. So I guess the question is why? Why doesn't he just remove all of the wind and the waves for us? Why doesn't he take away all our trials and our struggles and our worries and our fears? Why do you think? Because he knows as we go through that, our faith and trust in him will increase and we will be stronger and better on the other side of it. He knows that through the trials and the temptations, it makes us stronger. Those of you who are parents, you know how this works, right? If you, if you do everything for your children, they'll never grow and never learn. Sometimes you have to let them go a little bit, don't you? So that they can learn and they can go through the hard times and they can learn to trust and believe. Well, God does the same for us, doesn't he? So my last question, how do you feel about that? I mean, just be honest. Sometimes don't you wish God would take away some of the wind and waves? I think that's natural. Like the disciples, Jesus, don't you care? But his lesson to us is today, trust. Believe by faith that you may not see any good that's coming from this. You may not see how God is working this, but by faith, we believe that always, no matter what, God cares, that God is there for us, and that God will lead us through to the other side. So my friends, God bless you in your faith that you might trust and believe, even in the wind and the waves, that God is with you and that God will move you through the storm to the other side where you will be stronger and better and a greater good will come out of it. Amen? Amen. All right, my friends, uh, now we say thank you to God through our offerings. And so as the ushers come up with the baskets again, I wanna thank you for your giving. Uh, these are the gifts that you've been so generous in giving us so that we can lift up the name of Jesus in our community and in our world. So thank you for your giving. I find you in 
Gracious Lord, Heavenly Father, God, when we go through these things in life, it may seem like an ocean is swallowing us up. And when that happens, we know that we'll never survive on our own strength. 
We'll never make it by trusting in our power. So Lord, we pray that when those moments come, that we will just call upon your name. We will reach out to you. And by faith, we will trust that you've got this. By faith, we'll believe, God, that you are using this. By faith, God, we will believe and trust that you will bring us through to the other side where we will see your love and grace and your plan worked out for the best. Lord, for those tonight who are here who are really hurting, I pray that you would just reach down by your Holy Spirit right now, God, that you would touch them, that you would love them, that you would comfort them, that you would increase their faith that when they call your name, they would feel your embrace, tugging and pulling them through their storm. You are so good, God. We're so grateful to be yours. Lord, we know those are, there's, there are those among us who are really struggling physically, dealing with illnesses and sicknesses. So we lift up tonight Kim Leffering, Michael Imicus, Sandy Gauger, Dottie Weber, Alice Yor, and the many others listed in our health and healing prayer page. We pray, God, that you would be in the storm of their illness and sickness and recovery, that you would use doctors and nurses in your good gift of medicine to bring healing and wholeness, that they may see your hand giving them all that they need. And Lord, we grieve today with those who have lost loved ones. Talk about a storm, grief. It's worse than any wind and any wave. In their sorrow, Lord, we pray that you would give them hope, hope of everlasting life, one for their loved ones by Jesus. And so we lift up tonight the families of Carol Betcher, the family of Karen Selig, the family of Debbie Glass. In their grief, Lord, we pray you would give them the good news of everlasting life, one for Carol and Karen and Debbie. And Lord, there is so much to thank you. It's not all storms. It's not all wind and waves in this world. There's so much good. There's so much love. There's so much that we can accomplish together in this world, Lord, to help people know you and love you and be loved by you. And so we're grateful for our 75th anniversary celebration this last weekend and grateful for your hand in providing for us in our church all these years. And we're so grateful for the pledges and commitments that were made to help us prepare for the next 75. That Faith Church, that Celebration Lutheran School and Faith Child Care would be a place where people can come and be filled and encouraged and strengthened to go out into the world and share you with others. Thank you for those 75 past and the years ahead. Lord, we also want to celebrate with little Bria, whose birthday is tomorrow. Uh, she's here tonight, and I just rejoice in that birthday for that beautiful little girl and pray that you would make this a beautiful celebration of her life and that you would use it to draw her closer to her family and her friends and, of course, to you. So these and all other prayers that are in our hearts and minds, God, we come and bring to you in the name of Jesus. 
who himself taught us to pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now, dear friends, as you go out into the world, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and forever give you his peace. Amen. In my wrestling and in my doubts, in my failures, you won't walk out. Your great love will lead me through. You are the peace in my trouble.